Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to today's edition of Reflection on the Word with Richard Kay. I'm Chuck Christie, and today we are asking you to spend a few moments of your time with us each day as Richard shares from God's Word with notes, quotes, and stories, along with some of his own personal experiences, to confirm for you God's great love for us, that His compassion for us never fails, and that He has a great faithfulness toward us in every regard. Now, if you miss a portion of today's broadcast or would like to recommend it to a friend, You can hear this program anytime online at talknetworkradio.com. Well, now here's Richard with today's reflection. The one who believes in me, as the scripture has said, will have streams of living water flow from deep within him. John 7, 38. As we've continued our discussion and study on the power of the Holy Spirit, I have been impressed by recently reading Andrew Murray's Experiencing the Holy Spirit. It has been a vital aspect of instruction, but even more so, it has been an encouragement for the body of Christ. I want to be able to cover a few things that he covers in his book. And one of the things that he does refer to is what takes place with the believer on their own Pentecostal experience. One of the things is that the blessing of Pentecost makes the word of God new. We see this fact distinctly In the case of the disciples, as with all the Jews of that age, their ideas of the Messiah and the kingdom of God were external and carnal. All the instruction of the Lord Jesus throughout three long years 
could not change their way of thinking. They were unable to comprehend the doctrine of a suffering and dying Messiah or the hope of his invisible spiritual dominion. Even after his resurrection, he had to rebuke them for their unbelieving spirit and their inability to understand the scriptures. With the coming of the day of Pentecost, an entire change took place. Their ancient scriptures opened up before them. The light of the Holy Spirit in them illumined the word. In the preaching of Peter and Stephen and in the addresses of Paul and James, we see how a divine light had shone on the Old Testament. They saw everything through the spirit of this Lord Jesus who had made his abode within them. And so it will be with us. It is necessary to meditate on the scriptures and keep the word of God in our thoughts, heart, and daily walk. Let us, however, constantly remember that it is only when we are filled with the spirit that we can fully experience the spiritual power and truth of the word. He is the spirit of truth, and he alone guides us into all truth when he dwells in us. Another reason is power to bless others. The divine power of the exalted Jesus to grant repentance and the forgiveness of sins is exercised by him through his servants. The minister of the gospel who desires to preach repentance and forgiveness through Jesus and have success in winning souls must do the work in the power of the Spirit of Jesus. Much preaching of conversion and pardon is fruitless because these elements of truth are presented only as a doctrine. Some preachers try to reach the hearts of their audience in the power of mere human earnestness, reasoning, and eloquence. But little blessing is won by these means. The man whose chief desire is to be filled with the spirit of the indwelling Christ can be assured that the glorified Lord will speak and work in him. He will obtain the blessing, not always in the same manner, but it will always certainly come. In preaching and in the daily life of a servant of Christ, the full blessing of Pentecost is the sure way of becoming a blessing to others. He that believeth on me, said Jesus, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. The King James Version of John 7, 38. This refers to the Holy Spirit. A heart filled with the Spirit will overflow with the Spirit. It is this blessing of Pentecost that will make the church today what God would have her to be. We've spoken of what the Spirit will do in individual believers. Think of what the blessing will be when the church as a whole answers her calling to be filled with the Spirit and exhibits the life, the power, and the very presence of our Lord to this world. We must not only seek and receive this blessing, 
each person for himself. But we must also remember that the full manifestation of the blessing cannot be given until the whole body of Christ receives it. Whether one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. In 1 Corinthians 12, 26. If we're many members of the church of Jesus Christ, and we are content to remain without this blessing, the whole church will suffer. Even in individual disciples, the blessing cannot come to its full manifestation. Therefore, it is of the utmost importance that we should not only think of what being filled with the Spirit means for ourselves, but also consider what it will do for the church. Will you separate yourself? Let us recall the morning of the day of Pentecost. At that time, the Christian church in Jerusalem consisted only of 120 disciples, and most of them were poor, unlearned fishermen, tax collectors, and humble women. We were looking at a very insignificant and despised gathering. Yet it was by these believers that the kingdom of God had to be proclaimed and extended. And they did it. By them and those who were added to them, the power of Jewish prejudice and of pagan hardness of heart was overcome, and the church of Christ won glorious triumphs. This grand result was achieved simply and only because the first Christian church was filled with the Spirit. The members of it gave themselves wholly, totally to their Lord. They allowed themselves to be filled, consecrated, governed, and used only by Him. They yielded themselves to Him as instruments of His power. He dwelt in them and used them for all His wondrous deeds. It is to this same experience that the Church of Christ in our own age must be brought back. This is the only thing that will help her in the conflict with sin and the world. She must be filled with the Spirit. Beloved fellow believers, this call comes to you and I and the whole church of the Lord Jesus. This one thing is needed. We have to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Do not imagine that you must comprehend or understand it all before you seek and find it. For those who wait on him, God will do more than they can even conceive. You must taste the happiness, know by personal experience, the blessedness of having Jesus in your heart. Then his spirit of holiness and humility, of love and self-sacrifice, and of courage and power will become as natural as your very own spirit. If you have the word of God in you, you will be able to carry it as a blessing to others. If you desire to see the church of the Lord Jesus arrayed in her finest splendor, then separate yourselves from everything that is evil. Cast it out of your own heart and fix your desire 
on this one thing, to be filled with the Holy Spirit of God. Receive this as your rightful heritage. Appropriate it and hold it by faith. It will certainly be given to you. For as many as ask the Father, he will give the Holy Spirit. We know that today the church has an influence which has diminished in society. And the reason is that the church does not have the demonstrated power in its totality as the early church experienced. Over the years, we have substituted intellectual reasoning and all forms of educated instruction, but we have forfeited in many ways the power to allow the Holy Spirit to change lives. I'm reminded of a story which is an account of an early Christian evangelist. He was addressed by an older evangelist, and the question was, when you preach, do you believe that others are going to be saved? And the young evangelist said, I hope so. And the older, more experienced evangelist made a statement, and he said, that is your problem. Now, I don't understand all of the reason that the young evangelist was hoping rather than entrusting the power of the Holy Spirit. But he came to recognize that what he needed and what we need is the power of the Holy Spirit, which overcomes the world. You see, believers, the scripture says, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. If we are looking for a victorious, joyous, glorious church, that is what Jesus is coming back for. Are we there? I pray that we seek more earnestly the fullness of the Spirit every day. It is not enough to be filled one time. Not if you're going to be used of God. We are, as the scripture says, vessels that leak. In other words, our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit. When we are filled with the Holy Spirit, we are able to overflow with the Holy Spirit to others. And remember, one of the main reasons that the Holy Spirit has actually been quenched in many cases, both in the church and individually in our own lives, is because of unforgiveness. 
Remember, believer, Jesus breathed on his own disciples and he gave the Holy Spirit and with that, the power to forgive sins. He said, whosoever sins, you forgive. They are forgiven them. But whosoever sins you retain, they are not forgiven. We'll talk more about that in another segment. But remember, it is the power of the Holy Spirit working in us that can accomplish the works that Jesus said his body would do. In John chapter 14 and verse 12, it was simply stated, greater works than these will you do because I go to my Father. Richard will be right back in a moment to wrap up. But if you just joined us, you've been listening to Reflections on the Word with Richard Kay. You can hear this message in its entirety again online, as well as Richard's entire archive at talknetworkradio.com. We would like to acknowledge our theme song, How Great Is Thy Faithfulness, from the America's 25 Favorite Hymns album. Unless otherwise expressed, scriptures are read from the Holman Christian Standard Bible, which is published by Holman Bible Publishers in Nashville, Tennessee. Additional resources used for Reflections on the Word with Richard Kay include Great is Thy Faithfulness by Our Daily Bread and printed by Discovery House Publishers. Again, here is Richard to wrap up today's message. And then the Holy Spirit will be sent, referred to as the Comforter, the Helper, the Paraclete. The Holy Spirit is the third person of the Godhead. He is God. He is the same holiness of God the Father and the Lord Jesus. He is God. We must realize he is not just some force that we can summon. He is God Almighty inhabiting us so that we can complete the great commission. And that is today's Reflection on the Word. Thank you, Richard. Join us again tomorrow when we continue with the next edition of Reflections on the Word with Richard Kay. For Richard and the entire team, this is Chuck Christie saying thanks for listening to this edition of Reflections on the Word.